This is URM. Hello and welcome to a well overdue live show. Yes, we are live. This is Sticky Wickets and it's the best cricket podcast, it's fair to say, on URN. It's the only cricket podcast on URN, but we're so happy to be here. Um, we are the only cricket podcast that thinks Steve Smith has good dance moves. I think I speak for everyone. We are very glad to have pubs back. It's so good to be in a pub garden with a draft pint. My co-host today loves a pint. He is Euron's Phil Tufnell. Yes, I'm joined by Toby Reynolds. How are you today, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm going to be honest to the listener. It's a very difficult show. Me and Toby haven't been in the studio for a while. So if there's any sort of mess ups, it's completely my fault. But it's a cliche to say it, but we've got a packed show for you tonight. We will discuss county cricket return, the Indian Premier League, the URN Ashes makes a return as Toby trails four to six. Can he claw back the deficit? We'll also talk about the well, the European Super League in a scandalous remake for county cricket. We'll show you who we think are the current Super League teams in cricket. And, well, just lots of chat and a bit of... We'll have a little talk about the 100 at the end if we have time. So we're going to start with county cricket. Toby, what can you tell the listener about what's happened in county cricket this year? Um, so we're currently in the third round right now. The first day kicked off um, today. So the first two weeks, there was lots and lots of runs scored, which is quite surprising for early April. Adam Lyde is topping the run scorers right now with 297 and a 50. Exingham batsman who scored 100 against New Zealand and then struggled in the Ashes quite significantly. And then also Vincent Wesley, both ex-internationals as well, have scored double hundreds alongside Ollie Pope, uh, the current England player scored a big double hundred for Surrey with Jamie Smith and Ben Folks um, helping him as well. And both Joe and Billy Roots have scored hundreds. Billy Roots' hundred was off Joe's bowling, which you can see Joe was quite pissed off at, um, to say. And then there have been a lot of collapses still. Ollie Robinson, leading wicket taker with 17, took nine wickets in one innings, which is mental. And then uh, Mohammed Abbas, the Pakistani bowler, took a hat-trick against Middlesex in the first few overs. He was bowling there. And as you might expect, Simon Harmer, uh, the South African spinner, is the only spinner towards the top end of the wicket-takers. Um, however, after months of sitting on the bench in bubbles in Sri Lanka and India, uh, Matt Parkinson bowled an absolute ripper in his match for Lancashire, which pitched about an inch or two outside leg stump and clipped the top of off. Very, very similar to Shane Warne's magic ball. And also Darren Stevens, who turns 45 on Friday, is continuing his fine form for the past few years with 100 and a forfer. Um, so and then to round off on the table, Hampshire and Gloucester are the only two unbeaten sides, topping Group 2. Warwickshire and Essex are top of Group 1. And Sussex, Lancashire and Yorkshire are all within a few points at the top of Group 3. Thank you very much, Toby. And the county cricket in this country hasn't been the only domestic cricket. The IPL has blasted back into our lives. If you struggle to keep up with the constant IPL chat, Toby has written a fantastic article rounding up the IPL. Toby, can you just summarise for our fantastic listeners what's been going on in the IPL? So, so far, RCB are all would-be top. They're currently playing at the moment, having a great game against Rajasthan Royals. 
almost certainly going to win. They're no wickets down with Virat Kohli on 67 and Paddock out on 90, just from 44 balls. Um, they've signed Dan Christian, which obviously seems to help as he seems to win tournaments wherever he goes, winning four tournaments in four years, but also Maxwell, De Villiers and Jameson have definitely helped too. Delhi Capitals, strong as well with a very good Indian contingent. And Chris Wokes, a possible contender for the T20 World Cup squad. Very impressive. Mumbai Indians, the favourites, have struggled a little bit. They're still towards the top end, but considering they were were thought of as the best T20 team ever uh, after last year's tournament, it's bit of an interesting one from them so far and dad's army csk have been surprisingly good they back very deep um but Dhoni, perhaps their one player who's really struggling he's a bit old now almost 40 and possibly his eyes have been going <laughs> well thanks for that quick roundup just for any english supporters or england supporters sorry how have the england lads been doing in the ipl they've been doing not as well, perhaps, as they would have been hoping, Ben Stokes got injured in his first match and is now possibly missing the New Zealand Test match, um, which is a bit of a shame out for three months. Uh, Joss Butler, probably possibly England's most prolific T20 player ever, has been a bit mixed as well, averaging 25, but has not passed 50 yet. So perhaps as he continues his fine form, or sorry, if he picks up his fine form, he might help Rajasthan Royals move up the table. Uh, Moen Ali, possibly been England's best player uh, in the IPL at the moment, smashing it everywhere for, for CSK, Chennai Super Kings, with a strike rate well over 150, which is mental, when his average as well is looking very, very nice, batting number three there. Uh, the two Currens have been up and down. Sam Curran looking good with the bat, but being a little bit expensive with the ball. But as usual, he does take key wickets when needed, such as yesterday when he got Andre Russell um, with a... With a ball, which a surprising ball, which Andre Russell left because he thought it was going down the leg side for wide, and it clipped the top of leg stump. Uh, Tom Curran unfortunately struggled for DC and has been dropped at the expense of Rabada, the South African quick bowler. Chris Wokes, as I mentioned earlier, surprise pick for the World Cup, has been doing really, really well for Delhi Capitals. So perhaps we might talk about him in the coming podcasts to see how he progresses over the IPL. Owen Morgan hasn't passed 30 yet, um, and only one double figure score, captaining KKR. And then Johnny Bairstow, another great player in the IPL. Third high front score, averaging 60. And possibly being uh, Sunriser Hyderabad's best player at the moment. Either him or well, one of the best players ever, Rashid Khan, uh, the Afghan leg spinner. But unfortunately, lots of players haven't been playing. Joffre Arch has been injured still. Liam Livingston hasn't played. David Milan, number one T20 match in the world, has been kept out of the side. Uh, at Punjab Kings uh, and Sam Billings, Jason Roy and Chris Jordan all failing to have a game yet as well. Just before we go into our next song, how do you think this affects the World Cup selection for England? I think it's been very interesting because Moen Ali and Chris Wokes have been smashing it everywhere with the, with the ball, with the bat and looking really, really good. So considering neither were in the, the side for the T20s against India, they, they perhaps haven't been as as good, so they've been really good. And um, comparing to some of the other players who well, you think could walk into the side, such as Morgan and Butler, who've been struggling a lot more. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they go throughout the whole tournament. And Johnny Bairstow really putting his name up, up as an opener. He, he started off at number four and looked good. Um, since then, he's moved up to the top of the order because Sunrise has struggled a little bit. Him and David Warner 
arguably one of the most devastating opening partnerships. And they finally got a win on the board in their last match. Um, with him at the top, really, really good, smashing the ball everywhere. As I said about him so many times, even in the past few minutes. Well, thank you very much, Toby, for that roundup of the IPL and county cricket. If you want to get more from Toby on his views on the IPL, please check out our blog, which is available in our Instagram bio. This, this is URN. I am Dom Allen and welcome back to URN. This is a Sticky Wicket special episode as we're live. Well, it's been a bit an eventful week for football, it's fair to say, with the European Super League coming and going. But we thought we'd be quite topical and make a European Super League of T20 sides. We are very topical here, it's fair to say. So the parameters for our Big 12, there has to be five English teams from uh, the county system, three IPL teams, two Big Bash teams, and one random team. Toby, what's who's in your European Super League of T20? Um, yeah, so I'll start off with the English sides. I think the first the first four, sorry, are, are fairly um, self-explanatory. Surrey, Notts, Worcester and Lancashire have probably been the four most dominant English T20 clubs in or sides, counties in, in the blast. I think the fifth one's an interesting one. I've gone for Leicestershire. Because they used to be good, they won two of the first three, and now they're not. So I think they're a bit of an Arsenal equivalent for me. It's not really sure how they've managed to make make it into the into the sides. What about you, Dom? Who are your five um, English clubs or counties? Sorry. Well, I've gone for something quite different. So my five English are Yorkshire, Lancashire, because I'm thinking going back historically, good derby there. Nottingham, obviously, best team in England at, at the moment. Middlesex and Surrey again. For that rivalry, Middlesex are my Tottenham. They're not the biggest, but they've got a good stadium. They've got good fans, and I just think they'd fit quite well. So, who are your big bash teams then? As uh, so the big bash, I've gone for Sydney Sixers and the Perth Scorchers, as they're the only two sides to actually win the tournament multiple times. Sydney Sixers, I think, have won the past two uh, big bashes, and the Perth Scorchers won three in the sort of uh, first few years of, of the of the big bash. What about you, Dom? Who have you decided to go for? I've gone with the exact same thing. So I'm just going to, I just realised what you said. You've gone for Worcester in your big five of T20 cricket. Let's just I have. Worcester, who don't even have seats all the way around their ground. Yeah, I, I've gone for them. They, they've done quite well, I think, over the past few years. Looking it up, they, they won in 2018 and they were the runners-up in 2019. So I think they're a bit more of a more recent side. Maybe you could argue a Man City of, uh, of it. They've come in. They've got some players like Mo and Ali who have some quality players there. Pat Brown, some younger guys. And I think that they just about slip in there for me. Otherwise, I perhaps, yeah, could have gone for someone like Yorkshire who have a bit more history perhaps. But they haven't really done very well historically in the, in the blast. I don't think they've ever won it. And they've only come runners-up once. And that was back in 2012. So for, for a T20 uh, Super League, I think I'd want sort of the higher quality sides almost rather than just a bit of history. Fair enough. I, I went for Yorkshire just because similar mm. to Liverpool, whilst they haven't done very well in this format of the game or this league for Liverpool, only winning one Premier League, I just think they offer so much for the fan base and I just think they'd be a great mm. addition. So let's hear your IPL. Only two teams. I'm quite sure to see where you've gone with this. So I've gone, I was, I was struggling here. I've gone, I think Mumbai have to make it. They won three of the past four IPLs. It's, it's fairly obvious, even if they're not 
playing as well right now. I think that will become good again. Their squad is is just so so good. They've got a brilliant top order. Their finishes in the middle order are amazing, and their seam and spin attack are both both very strong as well. And for the other one, I was I'm a bit undecided. I think I'm going to go for RCB. I was thinking CSK, but I think RCB and just having Virat Kohli in there and just what he can bring to the side. He's almost a bit like a Ronaldo or a Messi, someone who can who maybe the side around him aren't as big a names. Although with De Villiers and Maxwell, they they perhaps are. They haven't perhaps won the the IPL as much or ever. So I think just the big names that they bring would be big enough for me. What about you, Dom? Who are your who's your second side? I went for the Mumbai Indians and Chennai Super Kings just because mm. Mumbai are probably the most global brand, and so are Chennai Super Kings when it comes to the IPL. They're the most famous, I'd say. The names stand out a lot more than the others, and they've been there from the start. They've performed very well, very consistent. Whilst they might not be the most decorated out there, they've always done well. They've had, I'm sure they've had a few bad years, but for me, they qualify for my European Super League of T20s. Now, who are your random team? Because I'm quite interested to see where you've gone with this. Yeah, so uh, as a bit of a callback, I was tempted to go with the Amsterdam Smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, Toby is referencing a an old game we played where we tried to find uh, fake T20 names and I gave him Amsterdam Smoke and he be- believed it. That is genuinely why he said Amsterdam Smoke. He's not referring to his last Saturday night. Um, but who have you gone for? I've gone for the Karachi Kings from the PSL. They've got Barbara Zam, um, the, the current or the second best T20 player in the world right now. And I think their squad in general is, is very strong. They won it last year and... I'm probably one of the favourites to win it again this year when it resumes post-COVID. What about you, Dom? Who, who was your final team to slip in there? I went for Trimbago, a lovely mashup there, Knight Riders. Uh, they've won four uh, Caribbean Champions Leagues, uh, Premier League, sorry. And I think they're just a really good side. They performed consistently well. Um, but I just I think they'd add a bit of Calypso cricket to the game. And their fans are amazing. And what do you want to say, Toby? I can see your... You want to put in something here? What, what do you want to say? I was just going to say before we um, before we move on to the, to the end of it that I, I've, I've just realised I have Dan Christian playing for four different teams in my Super League, so I don't know how they're going to work out um, <laughs> who's who, who's going to actually start for, and you might have to play for both sides in the same match almost. Like a captain, fantastic! Did you ever have to do that? Like fill out multiple roles in a game? Like I want open the bowling open the batting and then have to wicket keep because it's fair to say my school side wasn't blessed with a lot of cricketers they were great rugby players great footballers the cricketers you know it's fair to say when I'm captaining them it's not the best show of skill uh, so I had one game where I've wicket keeps and it was awful I've got a lot of respect for wicket keepers now because it's such a tricky job in those gloves and the batsman taps it into the leg side and I run up throw the glove down like Joss Butler I throw the ball at the stumps down the bowler's end and I accidentally hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> and it was, he just collapsed the ground. I was like, oh no, oh no. And he was fine. But um, I have a lot of respect for wicket keepers. But I can see Dan Christian having to do something quite similar. Um, we're going to take a short break. Now, after the break, we will play another round of the URN Ashes. The name of the game this week is Send Those Bells to Wales. This, this is University Radio Nottingham. Hello and welcome back to Euron Sticky Wickets. 
I would say I'm joined by Toby Reynolds, but on the Skype screen, I can see no one. There's a bit of a panic as I'm about to play a game with him called uh, Send Those Bales to Wales. If Toby's in shot now, but he's not listening, this is fantastic. Um, he's coming back now. Uh, he's just avoided a bit of a disaster there. Toby, we're live, if you hadn't noticed, mate. So we're going to play a round of the URN Ashes. So that means... Uh, it's a game between me and Toby. It's a series that's been going on. We rotate the games on a daily basis, uh, weekly basis, sorry. So this week is called Send Those Bales to Wales. I will give Toby a British monument and he has to find the closest cricket ground to it. There'll be six monuments that I've tracked from Google Maps to the closest professional cricket ground. So Toby, this is the quickest route in miles, okay? So it's not how the crow flies, it's how quick Google Maps considers a car to get there. Are you ready? I am, yes. Let's play Send Those Bells to Wales. Okay, so we're going to start with Cambridge University. I think both of our parents would have preferred us to go there, but we're at Nottingham, we're having a great time. And I, who, what do you think is closest to Cambridge University? My first thought would be somewhere like Northamptonshire, I want to say, their stadium. Because um, obviously Cambridge don't have a um, professional side I think they might have a minor counties one maybe and obviously the the university side as well who play against get against the counties in the warm-ups I'm thinking Northamptonshire I'm a bit unsure if there's anywhere closer it won't be anywhere in London I wouldn't have thought as they're too um too far south and getting into London would take a long time as well I'm gonna go with Northamptonshire I think so Northants, the former Steelbacks, are 54.2 miles away. Okay, how do you think that's looking so far? I think that could be okay, okay. I think. So Lords is 60 miles away. The Oval is 65 miles away. So that means Essex is 45.7 miles oh. away. So Cambridge University's closest ground is Chelmsford, Essex. So Toby's had one down. He still needs to get five. Uh, let's, now, let's make it four. This is quite a tricky one. And let's fair to say, did, you didn't do geography level, did you? I didn't, no. Okay, so I'll bring it down to four. So you, you've still got one error left. So let's go for another monument of British culture. Yes, Stoke-on-Trent city centre. What do you think the closest county ground is to Stoke? Toby's looking quite Close. confused. On the Skype listener. This is quite a stress look. This Are you looking at Google Maps? Are you looking I'm at not. Games? I'm just trying to think. Ooh. Trying to envisage the country in my envisage in my mind. There are listeners up and down the country now screaming, going, It's obviously I'm not I can't say the answer. But it's obviously that. Why don't you go there? Come on, Toby. <laughs> do it for the listeners. This is a top I'm thinking it could <laughs> I'm unsure. I've no idea. I'm gonna go for um, Derbyshire, I want to say. I think it's sort of a slightly, on slightly west of Derbyshire, so I'm going to go with Derbyshire. The last team to make it to the finals day of the T20s. Let's make a dramatic move for this. Okay, it is 55 miles to Trent Bridge from Stoke City Centre. Leicester, 65.1 miles to go. Edgbaston, 47 miles. So how close is Stoke to Derby, the cricket ground? It is 35 miles, so Derby is correct. 
You're one for one. Perfect. It's a professional. Well, sorry, someone just looked in. I got very confused there. Um, <laughs> it's a correct answer. So let's move now to the Battle of Hastings. Okay, so where do you think Battle of Hastings took place, mate? Hastings isn't the right answer. Hast it's not. Oh, okay, I mean, um, it is, but where do you think it was? Just in uh, the country. It was down on the south coast somewhere, wasn't it? Okay, Towards so there. That knowledge. Where do you think it's closest to? I think it's got. To... It's either going to be Sussex or Kent. I would have thought. So I think Kent playing Canterbury, which is down on the on the right on the tip of England, pretty much. Okay. So I have a. F I think it's me, Kent. I'm going to go for Kent. That's a very interesting choice. I didn't think to look that one up. Um, okay, so I'll run you down the directions from there. Sorry, this is going to take a bit of time as I didn't think of that. So the Battle of Hastings, 36.5 miles to Sussex. It's 92 miles to the Rose Bowl. It is 62 miles to the Oval. So we're just about to find out now whether it is closer to Kent. I'm going to be honest, listener, I didn't think he'd go for Kent. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. I'm just going to find out now how to get uh, directions back. Oh, here we go. Battle of Hastings. Battle of Hastings. What's the name of the Kent ground again? Uh, Canterbury. I think it's in Canterbury. Um, I'll, I'll have a Google for you if you want. Uh, it's 28 miles. So Kent is the correct answer. Correct. Congratulations. You are perfect. Yes. One. Okay. It's a bit of a that. tricky one here. Wembley. Is it closer to Lords or the Oval? Now this is a tricky. That one. That is a tough one. Yeah. It's very similar distances. When I did my research. Mm, I I have a feeling it's going to be Lords because Lords is north of the Thames, whereas the Oval South and Wembley is northwest. London so I have, I have a feeling it's going to be Lords I'm going to go for Lords is correct it's only 8.7 miles from the home of football to the home of cricket with it being 14 miles to the oval now if Toby gets this next one he has won the URN Super Over it will go 5 and 6 in the game to me I'm going to give you a choice here which one do you want is your fifth you can either have Stonehenge or Aberystwyth oh the tension is building oh, I'm going to go for Aberystwyth. Aberystwyth. What do you think is the closest county ground to Aberystwyth? I assume Glamorgan and Cardiff must be up there, but Games. it could be a trick question and be somewhere like Bristol. I'm not 100% sure where Aberystwyth is. <laughs> no, I know it's in Wales, it but I'm Wales. not sure where in Wales. So it's on the sort of the border with England, Bristol might be the closer, um, or Gloucester actually, could be closer. Um, but Bristol, I'm gonna oh, just, just for the record, Gloucester play in Bristol, so we'll have that. Oh, okay, sure. Okay. Um, oh. I am going to go for, I'm going to say Cardiff, I think. So from Aberystwyth to the Swalex Stadium, it is 115 miles. To Old Trafford, it's 133 miles. 160 to Trent Bridge, but you didn't mention this one. Edgbaston, it's only 140 miles if you take two A roads. So that means it is do or die now for Toby. What do you think is the closest ground to Stonehenge? 
Stonehenge. Listen, are you enjoying Send These Bells to Wales or do you want a return of C to Piddle? Do DM us on our Instagram page <laughs> at your own Sticky Wickets. Toby, let's, uh, let's hear your thinking. Let's see you working out, as they used to say, for exams. So Stonehenge is, is down towards sort of Salisbury. I think it's it's either in Wiltshire or maybe Hampshire. But in Wiltshire, obviously, don't have a, a major county side. So I think I'm going to go for Hampshire in Southampton, I think. Hampshire. Hampshire mm. is the final answer. Very interesting decision. I'm going to be honest, it's a very close one, this one. You didn't mention this one. Taunton, 65 miles an hour. There was a look of panic on Toby's face there. That was absolute beauty right there <laughs> you mentioned bristol you you were in the you know that was a possibility for you 55 miles from stonehenge to the county ground in bristol which we talked about a lot with ian Cobain and richard coftry in our interviews with them which you can get on your own uh speech or our own uh apple podcast link and spotify now that's built up the tension just a bit the rose bowl the Rose Bowl, where England played so many tests last summer, where I've had uh, a night in the hotel. The burger was disappointing, but we move. It is 57 <laughs> miles to the Rose Bowl. So I'm afraid, Toby, it's 7-4 to me in the URN Ashes. DJ! This is URN University Radio Nottingham. Now, me and Toby are very excited for the 100. It is less than 100 days away. But there's a few things that are, we're, we're not too excited about. So whilst it is bringing equality to cricket with men and women's games being equally televised and it being on terrestrial TV, meaning more people can watch cricket than ever, and hopefully there could be some crowds there. Now let's say that quietly because we don't want to jinx it. But I'm not too excited about some things. And let's start with the first one. There's a possibility wickets could be called outs as in baseball outs. Um, Toby, I'd like to hear what you think on this. Do you feel it's patronising to cricket fans who may, like us, have watched the game for a long time, or or is this actually quite an accessible way to get cricket for new people? Toby, what's your thoughts? And Toby has left his uh, mute button on. That is classic Reynolds. Toby, can we hear you now? Whoops. There we go. There we uh, go. I'm back. Um, yeah, so I think I'm a bit mixed about it. Uh, I think it's perhaps Americanizing the game a bit too much, which is what the ECB have been doing with it, with um, lots of the other uh, things they've been changing, which I think in some ways is quite good. And I think for complete beginners to cricket, it's not the worst thing in the world because when you sort of describe wickets to them, it's a bit more foreign and a bit bit random, so they, they might not understand it as much. But then they're going to have to eventually move on to wickets if they want to watch Test cricket or T20 cricket or any other form of cricket around the world. So I think it is an it's an interesting one. I think this doesn't matter necessarily so much. I think as the if they keep changing more and more things, it might become more and more of um, of, an, of an effect, I guess, in the game and changing too much perhaps. And I think lots of the older uh, people who have been playing cricket for 50, 60 years are, are definitely not going to be fans. And I think many, many people on Twitter always complain about the 100, <laughs> no matter what they're doing. What about you, Dom? What are your thoughts on it? I just think 
when it's such a big part of the game, just call it a wicket. I mean, it's hardly difficult to explain. It is just a wicket. And if you want to call it out to your new friend, that is good. But I think this almost symbolises what a lot of people are worried about with the 100. They feel that it's going to be too geared towards new fans and it's not going to alienate people like us, people who listen to this show, who know their cricket quite well and have experienced a lot of cricket or maybe even been to one or two games. They can understand the basic format. It does feel like the people who maybe watched England's progression from losing to Bangladesh to beating New Zealand at the World Cup, they're sort of being alienated. And I think this tournament from the sponsors to the kits and the possible language even used, it's a bit patronising. And Toby, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Do you think the ECB is aiming too much at a family audience? and Or do you think it's right that they're aiming for a family audience, get new fans in? Or maybe are they neglecting people like us who, you know, students, we like a beer, we like a pint, and we want it to be an exciting day, like finals day. Are the ECB going wrong here and just going too much towards that family of four, boy and a girl, a mum and a dad, and not really thinking about the true nature of cricket fans where it's people from all ages? I think they're getting to a stage where it's definitely seeming like that a lot more, where they, they are perhaps forgetting about current fans I think the one thing they perhaps have realised is if you are a true cricket fan and you want to watch as much cricket as you can like my, myself and you, and you want to do then you will go and watch it unless it becomes ridiculously different to, to what cricket should be like I think going for a family audience isn't the worst thing in the world I know that for my membership I've got at Surrey and at Knotts they've got special student um, discounts for for, t- for the pricing which means that for the next couple of years I can pay a lot less than when I become an adult but in, by that time I've already been hooked on the game and, and want to watch as much cricket as I can and I'll probably fork out the £100 membership whatever it is for for the tickets so I think that actually trying to get new people into the game as young as they can so that they want to go every week or every couple of weeks to watch it and making it affordable which they are doing I think it's about £10 a ticket I think is a good idea but they also can't lose sight of the fact that it's it's the current in current cricket fans who are going to be the main people to go week in week out the members that have tickets already the people who who have been watching cricket for the past 20 years 30 years however many years it might be what do, what do you think Dom are, are you thinking they're neglecting us as well or is it more I'll play, is I'll okay play devil's advocate here I I probably wouldn't take my mates down to see Welsh fight well actually I can't because I live in Bristol and we haven't been granted a team so that's a bad start, for one. I'd have to travel to Cardiff. And, you know, Bristol may not be the greatest county cricket team of all time, but we're still we, we're still part of this. And we've got to cross the border and go to a team that says Welsh Fire. And as far as I know, Br- Bristol's in England. So I, I, I really don't like how they've treated Somerset and Bristol. And I feel they've really alienated people there. And then furthermore, I, I just think I'm a bit worried this is going to be kiddie cricket. And I know it's good that we're getting new people involved, but... It's almost too. It's like watching Nickelodeon. I, I I don't really want to watch it. I'd rather watch I don't know a true crime line of duty and maybe that's T Twenty now line of duty with people yelling acronyms. I don't know. I just think it's too patronising. Some of the language being used and outs and I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be doing a review of the hundred kits that will be out on our blog soon. But those kits aren't great to look at and I don't think I'd ever buy one. I'm currently wearing the England uh, World Cup kit 
from well, not the full kit. Obviously, I'm not in pads, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I can see now walking through campus just fully <laughs> kitted out with a bat pad, pads, elbow, helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, anyway, like I said, anyway, I can truly broadcast. And <laughs> I think that's quite a nice shirt, but these kits, I don't think are. I don't think I'd ever see you wear them. I think they're very good for kids. They're very bright colours, but they're not what I want to see a professional sportsman look like. I mean, Joff Roach is cool enough to pull off anything, so that's out of the question. But trying to see Jason Roy be the best gap model, like for the Southern, uh, the Oval Invincibles kit, it just didn't look very mature. So I'm a bit worried about that. But obviously, time will tell, and we'll discuss this more uh, on podcasts that's coming up. Uh, also, if we briefly look at before we come to an end, the international players, and then obviously there's a lot of A-star, A-list players. But is it the real A-list players? Because there's going to be no Kohli, no Virat Kohli, the biggest uh, international cricketer with a social media following. So he's out. Steve Smith, I can understand why he said no because of the booze and stuff. And, you know, he deserves it. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Mitchell Stark not being there, one of the great Australian bowlers at the moment. It doesn't feel like the true red carpet cricketers are there. Am I being just too pessimistic trying to look for a problem here, Toby? And Or... Are there really high quality cricketers here, and I'm just being too demanding for what I want from a competition? Perhaps slightly. I think it is disappointing that there aren't many Indian players in it. Obviously, Virat Kohli being the biggest one. Steve Smith, I don't mind so much. I think he's an okay T20 player, but but there's nothing that that he's especially going to bring to the table. I'd say, other than a few Australian fans who will possibly still watch it anyway when they sort of get up in the mornings and it's, it's on on TV for them. I w- I'd say, yeah, maybe a few, there are a few international players, like you mentioned, Mitchell Stark, who's a bit, who might move over. But I think when you look at the IPL, when it first started out, it revolutionised the game because it was so different from anything that anyone had seen. And it often, when it first came out, it seemed either a place that young players could come into and make a name for themselves or where older players like, um, like Anil Kumble, I think, might have even played in it. Um, coming towards their end of their career, will go, will go and have a few, a few years there, make a bit of money, and then retire from the game. So I think perhaps that might, might be what it starts as, but I think it will move on to, to bigger and better things. I think everyone talks about the IPL and the Indian players and the young talent they have, but I think people forget how good England's white ball setup is. You look at our B team, our C team, it is phenomenal. I mean, Liam Livingston is getting nowhere near the side at the moment. He's just about making squads every so often and he went to the big batch uh, last year was unbelievable this year it was fantastic as well which I think is, a, is an interesting one that, that players like him aren't getting any a game in the IPL and I think he is a great player and I think that, that in England depth we have is great I mean Danny Briggs same thing as well he'd never really played much before for England I don't think even at all possibly and he went to the big bash and, and looked, looked great again and really really bowled well so I think England's depth in white ball cricket is is very strong actually and I think we will move on Don what do you think are you disappointed not to see some of these these big name stars coming over yeah I, I, to be honest I may be picking holes in this because Steve Smith was selected for Welsh Fire but drew, uh, dropped out due to uh, I think injury reasons and maybe no Coley is just one time thing and he will come back over but I think it shows the sort of fans we are. I'm the pessimistic one. You're the optimistic <laughs> one. And on that note, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Toby, thank you so much for bravely carrying on with Skype. We're surely going to be in a studio soon together, but got to wait for that happy day. So, Toby, go well, mate. Cheers. Go well.
And that is it. So please follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We are Sticky Wickets URN. Reviewers, please, that really does help us get noticed. And share it amongst your friends. If you work at a cricket club, if you play at a cricket club, do tell your friends about this podcast. That's it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate your time. And give us give us a five star on Apple or Spotify podcast. Please, 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 please give us five stars. We really would appreciate it. Follow us on social media. Thank you very much. Go well.